The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West, Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good Friday morning and welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Coming to you live from the Lee Company studio, I am Chris Yow, the Front Porch Sports headquarters right here of WKOM 101.7 FM. Glad to have you with us here on this uh, very overcast and dreary Friday, but it is still Friday, and that's all that really matters uh, for most of us, for me. Mo, good morning. Good morning. Um, interestingly enough, I can't hear you in your microphone. So is it not on? only can you not hear us. But you can't hear me. You're going out. I just can't hear you. Oh, well. well That's awfully interesting. I, I can't hear anything in my headset. So. You're really loud. <laughs> that's uh, that's not unnormal, not unusual. We got... Uh, this is... On Fridays, we always have to reconfigure after Thursday night's show here. And I don't... I, I never know... What uh, what Wes did, Mike usually can fix it pretty quick because uh, he knows what's going on. But uh, I do not. So it is what it is. Well, hopefully we're going out at least. Um, oh yeah, we're so. we're on the air. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> we're just gonna have to figure something out. Maybe in the uh, the break, how to. How to fix this whole no headphones issue? I can't hear you either through my headphones, so there's that. Uh, I don't think it has. I don't know what the problem is, but oh, that's what it is. Ah, there we go. Thanks, JP. JP Plant coming in clutch. Okay, I still can't hear you though. Yeah, so. that's that's an issue with that box. So okay. Andrew. Andrew, intern two or intern one in the intern house. Intern one, yeah. In the house, uh, you kind of gotta jiggle the handle, Andrew. <laughs> Make sure it's plugged up. That that's also number one. Is well, that, I don't know how I was hearing it earlier though, because uh, he was because he was messing with it, putting his headset oh, in. Oh, so he un and so he, he unplugged it, it on accident, putting oh, his headset. Good job, in. intern one. Yeah, my fault. I'm sorry. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That's right. it. We're here. We're good. Everything is good. Everything's Gucci. As the young kids say. All good to go. 
Yeah. All right. Now that now, we are now, I can put my other. Yeah. Put your put your ear on. on. <laughs> put your ears on. <laughs> hey, snowman! You got your ears on. Goodness gracious! There's a smoky and a plain white wrapper coming your way. <laughs> yeah, a little little convoy ba- smoking the bandit. What humor. do you know about that? Convoy and smoking the bandit. I watched that. Listen, my entire family was truck drivers. Oh, okay. So, so that was like family history. Yeah, that and stuff, Black Dog with uh, Patrick Swayze. That was a crazy movie, man. <laughs> oh man! And I always seem to see it late at night. Uh, we had the DVD, like the VHS, and then the DVD. It, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. Glad to have you with us here on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, let's let's kind of let, let's just get let's start back over. <laughs> Mo Patton in the house, Chris Yow, your host and uh, semi-producer for the day. Uh, obviously, I don't understand this board a whole, whole lot, but it is what it is. Intern one, Andrew Moore in the house. Glad to have you all with us. Uh, had some news that we need to get to this morning, Some some news from... I guess a week ago, really. Yeah, but we it's kind of. Um, I certainly would not slap a break in on it. But, <laughs> um, some might. We became aware yesterday that um, Columbia State women's soccer coach Colton Bryant has left the program after three years, two of which concluded in conference championships, and. I think all parties are kind of referring to it as just a mutual parting of the ways. Um, yeah, uh, d- essentially what what they what I understood was, yeah, both both of them would have liked to come to an agreement, but they couldn't. So irreconcilable differences, I guess, go. is what it would go down as in family court. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um, Good morning to my beautiful wife, Sarah, who is watching on Facebook and also said good morning. Good morning to your beautiful (laughs) wife, Sarah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I think Colton just felt a little constricted, restricted by um, some recruiting guidelines under which he had to work. And. I mean, I guess the guidelines are the guidelines. Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. And, you know, they give you a budget, and it ain't big in the first place, and then they say, well, you can't use it this way, and here's why. And he said, well, why not? I mean, if, if it's a budget. Next thing you know. As long as, long as I'm not going over budget. Well, why can't it, I use it for what I want? And there I, I – Perhaps we don't know the specifics. Perhaps no. he tried to do, you know, to try to do one thing, and they, the, the school felt that that wasn't the reason. They said it was he wanted to take the program in a direction the the college didn't set it up for, and I took that as, you know, the out of state waivers and such, and the international players and whatnot that he was uh, trying to bring in and was bringing in. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I took that to mean that you know. Perhaps he, um, you know, they want maybe the school just wanted Columbia State to be the place that, you know, uh, those fringe players from 
our five county area right here mm-hmm. uh, end up. And that's okay. If that's what you want to be, then that's, you know, go find a coach that's willing to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think the large majority of coaches want to be as good as they can be. And if I'm willing to put in the work and if I'm willing to reach out and get the players that allow us to be a player on a national level, I feel like I should be able to do that as long as I'm doing it within the guidelines of the school and the athletic program. Yeah, that's it. But I don't think Colton Bryant, 26-year-old, two-time district winner Colton Bryant is going to have an issue finding himself another gig. Uh, maybe not this year because it's awfully late in the game. I don't know. I, I feel like if he wants to coach this year, he'll coach this year. Somewhere. Yeah. And so. uh, good luck to him. Hope he uh, he, he finds success uh, wherever he and, goes. And good luck to the Columbia State Athletic Administration <laughs> that has a women's soccer season beginning in – Two months. Less than, yeah. Less than two months. What, 70 probably. days or so? Roughly. Give or take. And then, <laughs> yeah, so. not ideal. Um, also, last night, Columbia Academy was uh, recognized by the Columbia City Council Indeed. for their state championships from Spring Fling. Hey, plural. Yeah, state yeah. championships. Pl- uh-huh. Yeah, their softball state championship team in Division 2A, their um, – three-time state track and field champion. Um, I lost his Connor name. Henson. Yes, thank you. I, uh, we were talking Colton earlier. Oh, and I was yeah, getting that ready makes to say sense. Colton Henson, and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, um, Connor Henson, they were both um, recognized by the city council, by Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder and um, Vice Mayor Krista Martin, and so – you know, congratulations to them and good on the city council for bringing those youngsters in and, and letting, letting us see them in street clothes, you know. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, and finally, before we get uh, out of this segment, we'll probably do the rundown in the top of the next segment. Uh, Post 19 is up in Mayfield, Kentucky, which is north of Murray, right? Like it's up there. Yeah, it's going to be like I know. I thought you had mentioned. I think it's a. It's, Murray is involved in this somehow. Yeah, the, uh, it's the Mayfield post six post twenty six Invitational. It's being played in Murray. It's being gotcha. played at. Um, the games look like they're being played at Murray State. Oh wow! And at um, Callaway County High School, which is in Murray. So Mayfield's hosting it. Gotcha. But it's in Murray. Gotcha. You know how that goes. Mayfield what? Um, yeah, the post-19 seniors will play tonight at 7 against Imperial post-283 out of Missouri. That game will be at Callaway County High School. Tomorrow at 10 o'clock a.m., they will play Madisonville, Kentucky post-6 at Murray State. Then at 2.30 tomorrow, they're scheduled to play Rockport, Indiana post-254 and that game is back at Callaway County. And then the tournament will conclude Sunday. Don't know what other teams are in it or if it's just a round robin or how that works. But those are the three scheduled games for post-19 tonight and tomorrow. There you have it. That's that's, that's going to 
It's going to be solid for them. Solid for them. Yeah. Um, hopefully, none of these games will see 28 walks. We can only hope. We can only hope. All right. Hey, let's take a break. And when we come back on the top of that break, then we will give you the rundown and we will be joined by footballscoop.com's Zach Barnett to talk a little bit about the NCAA FBS 12-team playoff situation that that seems to be all but a done deal it's it's certainly uh coming it's catching steam really fast right so we'll talk about that uh on the other side of the break so stick around on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint we will be right back right after this Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. High School Sports and Beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 27 minutes past the hour here. I'm Chris Yao, joined by the Hall of Famer Mo Patton and intern one, Andrew Moore. Happy to have you with us here on this Friday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And could not be happier to be talking about... Uh, the college football situation that we have found ourselves in. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. This is this is a great show. We've, we've got a good a good segment here. We've got uh, R.A. Dickey coming up later in the show. Uh, Jeff Him, who joins us every Friday to talk Nashville Sounds. Of course, we'll talk about the Braves, and I'm sure Andrew wants to get in a word or two about uh, Julio Jones because he hasn't. We, we asked him about it Friday, and he said, I don't know, maybe, and here we are. So we are going to get to all that today, but first we're going to give you the rundown. This is the Rundown. The Friday Rundown is brought to you by Chip Walters of Exit Realty, Bob Lamb, and Associates. The voice of the Blue Raiders also wants to be your trusted advisor in real estate. Contact Chip at 615-542-1915 or through his website at choosechip.net. Chip Walters, proud to support local youth sports in southern middle Tennessee. In Thursday, baseball action at the Major League level, it was Los Angeles 6, Pittsburgh 2 in eight innings. Shortened by rain? I guess. Okay. (laughs) Um, Milwaukee defeated Cincinnati 7-2. It was Detroit 8, Seattle 3, and the Phillies for the second day in a row 
walk off the Braves. This one in extra innings, four to three and ten. The Marlins an 11-4 winner over Colorado, while the White Sox Red Sox were 12-8 winners over Houston. The White Sox were 5-2 winners over Toronto. They were right next to each other, and it got me confused. <laughs> the, the Yankees fell to the Twins 7-5, and the Royals bested the A's 6-1. In NBA playoff action Thursday night, it was Milwaukee riding a big first quarter to an 86-83 win over Brooklyn. The Nets lead that series two games to one. In the West, it was Utah 117, the Clippers 111. The Jazz lead that series two games to none. In Stanley Cup playoff action, the Golden Knights of Las Vegas, a 6-3 winner over Colorado, and Vegas takes the series with that, and we have semifinals. It's going to be exciting. In Women's College World Series action, the national championship, Oklahoma comes back to win the national championship after not only losing the first game of the tournament, but also the first game of the championship series. They win two in a row with a 5-1 victory over Florida State yesterday, and they are your NCAA softball national champion. For the fifth time. Friday's baseball schedule has St. Louis at Wrigley Field for a 121st pitch. That game will be televised on ESPN+. Atlanta travels to Miami for a 6-10 start tonight. That game will be shown on Valley Sports South. It will also air on our sister station, 103.7 FM WKRM. Pre-game begins at 4.55. In NBA playoff action tonight, Philadelphia travels to Atlanta. That game starts at 6.30 on ESPN. In the second game on ESPN, Phoenix is at Denver beginning at 9 o'clock. College World Series action begins today at 11 o'clock on ESPN2 when East Carolina visits Vanderbilt. On ESPNU at 10 o'clock, or 2 o'clock, it is Stanford at Texas Tech and Arkansas hosts NC State at 5 o'clock on ESPNU. In the nightcap, the ESPNU nightcap is an 8 o'clock start between Ole Miss at Arizona. Baseball this weekend at the major league level. Kansas City plays at Oakland at 3.07 on ESPN+. The Braves continue their series at Miami. That's a 3.10 start on Valley Sports South. It'll also be heard here on, well, next door on 103.7 FM. On Fox at 6.15 tomorrow night, it will either be Houston at Minnesota <laughs> or San Francisco at Washington or St. Louis at the Cubs. I would bet on the latter in this area. On Sunday, Braves-Marlins 12-10, Bally Sports South and on 103.7. Um, Padres at the New York Mets also at 12-10 on ESPN Plus and the national game on ESPN at 6 o'clock, St. Louis at the Cubs. Saturday action in the NBA playoffs. The Jazz are at the Clippers on ABC at 7.30. At 2 o'clock on Sunday on ABC, Nets are at the Bucks and the Suns and Nuggets at 7 o'clock on TNT. Fascinating spelling of Nuggets there, Mr. Yow. In the NCAA Super Regionals on Saturday, East Carolina at Vanderbilt. That's an 11 o'clock start again on ESPN2. Dallas Baptist plays Virginia at Columbia, South Carolina. That's also an 11 o'clock central start on ESPNU. At 1 o'clock on ESPN, it's Notre Dame at Mississippi State. 2 o'clock on ESPNU has Stanford at Texas Tech. Also on ESPN2, it's NC State at Arkansas. LSU opens its series at Tennessee at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. 
at 8 o'clock on ESPNU at South Florida at Texas, Bulls and Longhorns. And at 9 o'clock on ESPN2, Ole Miss plays at Arizona. On Sunday, no TV that we know of uh, is set. So, if necessary, games. East Carolina at Vanderbilt at 2. Stanford at Texas Tech at 2. At 5 o'clock, Arkansas and NC State. And at 8 o'clock, Ole Miss, Arizona. In Game 2 action of the series, it is Dallas Baptist and Virginia in Columbia, South Carolina at 11. Notre Dame at Mississippi State at 5. South Florida at Texas at 8. And LSU at Tennessee to be determined on that time. That is your rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Finally. It only took five minutes, but that's okay. It, it does get there sometimes. Uh, we have on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with us to talk a little bit about the uh, ever-growing op, um, rumor and now catching some steam, the NCAA FBS 12-team playoff. To talk with us is Zach Barnett of Football Scoop. Uh, Zach Thank you for your patience through that. And uh, if you're looking for whatever games this weekend, I hope you found out uh, which one you're going to want to watch. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. Game three, East Carolina Vanderbilt. Uh, hey, hey, hey. I'm not too excited about game one or game two, though. <laughs> I tell you what, if it gets to game three, it should be a doozy. <laughs> so we'll all be paying attention to that one. Zach, appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. As Chris said, this – um. College football playoff expansion, I, I don't think 12 teams was really what anybody expected if expansion took place, but that seems to be catching steam or have caught steam. <laughs> yeah, so there's basically two factions here, and both needed to – you need a compromise to make this happen. Uh I'm sure the SEC would have been content to keep it at four uh, because this, this current setup is working for them. It's not really working for if you're in the group of five. If you're in the Pac-12, it's not working for you. So uh, expanding to eight, if that was the proposal, you would have had the votes from, from, that, from that faction to get guaranteed access. But the SEC is not voting for that. They want, uh, you could argue that that's worse for them than, than the current setup. So the only way they would vote for it is with a number of at-larges. The SEC probably would have voted for just top eight teams, no guaranteed berths, but then again, the Pac-12 and the group of five aren't voting for that. And so therefore you kind of combine both systems to a 12-teamer with with, with guaranteed. Half the field will will be there automatically and half at-large, which makes everybody – it's not perfect, but it makes everybody happy. That's all you can do with a compromise, right? Or it makes nobody happy. <laughs> That's the, that, right. the, the, the one of the two is a good compromise. Either everybody's happy or nobody's happy. And that's the definition of a good compromise. <laughs> Zach on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, we appreciate you. And I, I'm curious if you, uh, if you are surprised with uh, the, the idea that there will be six six at larges and uh, only one group of five. Well, actually that's, that's not actually the case. It's uh, the top six conference champions. And so uh, that means if say Virginia comes into the ACC championship game at seven and five and upsets an undefeated Clemson, that doesn't necessarily mean Virginia is getting in. Uh, in that case, you know, this past season we, we saw Oregon upset 
uh, USC in the Pac-12 championship. And so that would have lifted um, that would have lifted Coastal Carolina into the playoffs and not Oregon uh, because it's just the, the conference champions are guaranteed, but not necessarily every Power 5 conference champion. So there's possibility to get two group of five teams into this field. Gotcha. So there's a possibility that there will be some Power 5 champions that won't be protected into the playoff field then. Right. Yeah. If you are, if you uh, limp into your conference championship game at eight and four or, or the like, uh, you are not guaranteed a spot just by having one good afternoon. Okay. Which I, that, that's one something that I support. Uh, you are a conference champion, but I, I like the idea of uh, making the regular season matter as much as it can in a field this large. And, and so I think that I think this protects that. Yeah. As a interested onlooker, I don't have a problem with that. If I'm eight and four Virginia, I got a big problem with that. And if I'm a conference, then the question becomes, why are we even playing a conference championship game? And we know it's for the money, but I mean, if if I can't play my way into that national championship picture with a conference championship game, then why am I playing? Right, and so, you know, I, I've been uh, arguing for some time that conferences should should ban divisions and just put if you're going to stage a conference championship game, uh, just just eliminate your divisions, put your top two teams in, and so maybe this uh, inspires some conferences to change their thinking, uh, given that you know if it is hypothetically twelve and zero Clemson against eight and four Virginia. You know, Clemson's not really doing themselves much favor by beating that that Virginia team, but Virginia can only hurt the ACC by winning that game. So maybe you don't give Virginia even an opportunity to play because if you are eight and four, you know, it, we, we were all raised in a college football where if you lose one game, you put your national championship hopes in peril. So uh, to to keep an, uh, a, a hypothetically a, a nine and four conference champions out of the field, I, uh, that's something that I'm fine with. I, I don't feel too sorry for, for that team in that scenario. We don't either. <laughs> We're with you <laughs> on that. That, that. that was one of our big drawbacks uh, was, you know, what? why should a four-loss team be even in the op- given an opportunity? So, yeah. And, I, and why should a conference put a legitimate national championship contender at risk in a scenario like that. Right. So a couple of other things that I found interesting. One, the the top four seeds would be the top four highest rated conference champions. Is that right? That's correct. So Notre Dame uh, is not eligible. To, <laughs> awesome. To be a, a, to be a, uh, a top four seed. And also, you know, that, that 2011 Alabama team that, or either the 2017 Alabama team, both of those teams won national titles without winning their con- without even winning the SEC West. Uh, they, they absolutely would be in this field, but neither one of them would be a top four seed. Interesting. I like this just for the fact that anything that penalizes Notre Dame for not being in a conference, I'm all for <laughs> it. I am absolutely here for it. And I'm here for all the screaming that Irish fans are going to do as a result. 
Give them the conference. Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick was asked about that, and uh, I, I don't think it's going to, based on his his answer, it's not going to compel the Irish to to join a a conference because his response was basically, "Well, I guess that's fair. We're only playing twelve games instead of thirteen, so it, it makes sense that five is the highest we could go. But at the same time, you know, when we win a national championship, all you better stop complaining about our." Uh, our schedule, and it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Well, when they win a national championship, I like his hubris there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that being said, and they would get an extra home game if they were number five or six or seven or eight. A home game that one through four Will currently not get. don't get. Is there any chance that changes? Uh, that, that was I, that was definitely the um, biggest blowback yesterday. Uh, the the uh, conference commissioners that held a conference call yesterday received numerous questions about that. Um, the the Big 12's Bob Bowlesby seems pretty dug in on this plan. Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson said, hey, this is just a proposal. So, uh, no, that's not set in stone. Okay. I would view it as unlikely that that gets changed. But if you're Alabama AD Greg Byrne, your Ohio State AD Gene Smith, I have to think you're lobbying your president, your commissioner, and say, hey, look at what a playoff home game, look how much good it could do for our finances, for the surrounding community, for our fans, for players' families. Not having, I mean, it's just a lot to ask for, for fans to travel to four straight neutral site games, uh, including the conference championship game. So uh, I, I have to imagine that there'll be a lot of lobbying against that Will it be successful? I have no idea. Well, so we had a comment on Facebook that said cupcake scheduling on its way back. Well, perhaps, and this is just throwing out random stuff to the wall and see if it sticks, perhaps this entices, you know, the FCS to do the spring so that they are not dealing with a lot of, FBS cupcakes or what as a cupcake schedule, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know that this is all going to be a shaking, a shaking up of the, the college football world. We get it about every 12 to 15 years. And this is certainly going to shake it all up. No doubt. Yeah. I actually think it will have the opposite effect on scheduling. Uh, I mean, I think it already has it. You go, Go to fbschedules.com and look up the non-conference schedules that, that Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma. I mean, there, there's multiple years where I, I believe Georgia has three Power Five non-conference opponents on their schedule uh, later on in this decade. Uh, so uh, you know, Alabama is doubling up, you know, playing a, a, a Wisconsin and a Virginia Tech. I don't know if they – teams like that twice in one year mm-hmm. because – these, um, you know, these ADs since ahead of time that the power, the, the format was changing and one loss isn't going to kill you. So I think it'll give us more interesting, uh, a, a more interesting September when teams know they don't have to spend four months walking that tightrope to, to try and remain undefeated. That one loss isn't going to kill you. So why not play an interesting game? Absolutely, yeah. Iron sharpens iron. You know, you you don't get a whole lot better uh, playing some of the teams that these teams 
have played in the past. So, yeah, the Alabama scheduled uh, Boston College for 2031 and 2033. Uh, we were told that they were trying to schedule New England but had to settle. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. And, yeah, games like that, uh, the, Alabama played Texas, I believe Wisconsin. They just scheduled Oklahoma State as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think this is going to make September more interesting as well. No doubt. Zach Barnett of Football Scoop on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Zach, thanks so much for shedding some light on a little bit of uh, more of what we didn't hear necessarily, unless you were really looking for it on uh, that that conference call from yesterday. We really appreciate your insight, man. Thank you for having me. How can folks find you on uh, Twitter and uh, other outlets? Yeah, I'm at Zach, Z-A-C-H underscore Barnett, and then on footballscoop.com. All right. Zach Barnett of footballscoop.com on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We're going to attempt to get R.A. Dickey on the telephone, and when we do, he will be on the other side of this break. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back after this. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris hey welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today i'm maurice Patton, along with chris yow intern one andrew moore in the house with us and on the parks motor sales hotline we have former university of well former montgomery bell academy former university of tennessee former team usa olympian um X Cy Young Award winner, R.A. Dickey. R.A., did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> We're going to record that for you and let you have it. Yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. <laughs> hey, R.A., um, wanted to reach out to you because um, the University of Tennessee begins a super regional tomorrow against South- Southeastern Conference rival LSU and – I don't know that there has been this kind of buzz around the Tennessee baseball program, number three national seed this this season, since 1995 when you, Todd Hilton, and Scott Shruffle, um let that team out to Omaha. Um, and I'm not sure how much attention you've been able to pay to the program, but what do you like about what they're doing up there right now? Well, I love their head coach. I think he's the right guy in the right spot at the right time. And, um, you know, Tony and I, you know, gotten to talk quite a bit over the last couple of years and just the way that he's going about rebuilding the program, the energy that he's brought into it. You know, he, at this point, you know, he's, he's single and can travel and, and the way he's recruiting and just his, the way he communicates. I'm a big fan 
of the head coach. And it, it, it usually starts there. I mean, he's been able to get a good leadership. The pitching coach is great. They've gotten great recruits locally here from the state. That need that needed to be addressed. I mean, they, they're doing a great job all around. And there is, you're right, I have been following it, and there's been an incredible amount of energy um, around that program. You, oh, um, as you say that, or a, you know, the, the local recruiting angle of it in particular, I think has been something that maybe they had gotten away from. And when you've got local kids and you're being successful, I think that that helps generate some of that energy, you know, from one end of the state to the other, just, you know, say whatever you will about whatever program in the state, I feel like on a level playing field, UT is the the flagship program in whatever sport it is. And, you know, this kind of puts them back on that level with some other highly successful programs in this state. I completely agree, Mo. I I think, um, you know, and you can kind of see that that was the pattern that we had you know, 94, 93, 94, 95, 96, when Todd and I were there and other uh, players from the state, you know, it, it you kind of had to build it, uh, you know, you were trying to build it quickly. So you went after some JUCO guys and some guys from California that could really play. And you tried to get good baseball players in there and you didn't necessarily um, concentrate locally because you had to put out a good product immediately. And, and, you can kind of see the same pattern when t- with Tony. You know, he's had a lot of guys in there his first couple of years, and but you always had a you always had an eye for if you want to sustain anything that you you need to invest in the community around you and and the community the greater community of University of Tennessee is the state of Tennessee, and so you know, in getting those guys in house um, is really really important. You know, Vanderbilt has has quite frankly, beat us to the punch on that for quite quite a number of years. And, you know, kudos to Coach Corbin and that group. They've done an incredible job. Um, but it's nice that, that we're starting to win win some of those uh, little games within the games from a recruiting standpoint and getting some of those uh, Tennessee kids that are really good baseball players back in the, back in the program at Tennessee. Yeah, one of those specifically being Blade Tidwell. Uh, out of Loretto, who has been fantastic for uh, Tennessee on the bump this year and will cert- most certainly see it at some point uh, over the next three days. Uh, you know, you talk about how important it is to sustain recruiting in the, in the, the state of Tennessee. This is becoming a state that has a lot of great baseball talent, and another local standout will actually be in Knoxville this weekend as a member of the LSU Tigers, and that is uh, Blake Money, of uh, formerly of Summit. So, it's important to to really, you know, continue that that success. Uh, we are speak, speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with R. A. Dickey, uh, former Tennessee standout and Cy Young winner. Um, R. A. As you were watching that LSU-Oregon series play out this past weekend, I I know I was thinking that LSU coming to Knoxville may not be in the best interest of the home team. I I just think that given the environment that you expect to be at Lindsey Nelson Stadium this weekend, 
LSU may be more equipped to deal with that than than an Oregon team coming in and and seeing all that for the first time. Any thoughts regarding LSU's ability to deal with that? Well, no, I think that's a good point, Mo. Uh, you know, they we'll see how much that might or might not play into the series, but I certainly believe that LSU's pedigree and and you know the, the where they play at Alex Box and all that, like I mean that that does matter. It, it, it certainly matters because when when the game starts speeding up for these players, the guys who can slow it back down are the ones that are going to. 85 to 95 percent of the time come out on top and it, you know the LSU guys have been in that quite a bit and and you're right to also that you know I mean they got a, they got a long history I mean LSU has a long history from Burtman on and you know it's it's um they're going to be a tough foe for sure no no doubt about it I do not think they will be intimidated by coming on to Lindsey Nelson that nothing's going to take them by surprise um I do not think. And and obviously them wanting to extend Paul Maneri's season and career for as long as they can, I, I would imagine will be a factor in this thing as well. Yeah, sure. And when we had a regional, uh, we lost the regional Arizona state that uh, Brock's last year there. Um, that was his last game. He was in a wheelchair. In fact, in the dugout and they went on to the college world series and beat us in 10 innings. And there is a sentimentality to that, that, you know, you cannot overlook. I mean, uh, they're going to believe that they're a, a team that's destined uh, to be in Omaha. And, you know, when anytime you get a team that really, truly believes that they've got something other than just the skill on the field on their side, they can be a dangerous, dangerous, you know, um, adversary. And so it's going to be a tall order. I, I, I think we're up for the challenge for sure, but it's certainly going to be a fun series to watch. Win-win for the Gipper speeches are uh, cliche for a reason, huh? that's true that's true i mean you never know speaking on the parks motor sales hotline with nashville native r.a dickey um former cy young winner r.a uh i hear that you are doing a little coaching these days well i enjoy it for sure you know it's fun to give what you got and you know i had a lot of people pour into me uh coming up the road um from fred forehand at montgomery bell academy um onward and so you know it's been a nice transition when I retired in 2017 to start getting some opportunities to just to pour into the kids here locally in particular my kids go to school at Christ Presbyterian Academy so I can help out some there with their pitching my son's 14 and he's he's eat up with it and it's fun to get to be around him you know I missed a lot of his life traveling and playing and so any opportunity to get to invest in him is fun for me too so I it's been great, and, and to see the light bulb go off in these young young people's, uh, you know, in their minds, it's fun to see. Do they know who they're working with? <laughs> well, I, no, I hope not. I, like, like I don't, I don't ever want it to be about that. And so, you know, I don't talk unless they're curious. I don't talk much about it. I certainly give them all the good wisdom that I was, I've been given. But you know, I try not to ever bring that part into it but they 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 watch youtube videos well let's just say that you know they're all wanting me to throw them knuckleballs and try to pitch to them and all that mess so it's fun it's fun for me too i hope they're able to catch the knuckleball by waiting until it stops and picking it up because that's the best <laughs> way to do it that's what they say 
Ari Dickey joining us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Ari, thank you so much for your time and enjoy the weekend. Great talking to you guys. Thanks so much. All right, that's R.A. Dickey. We will be right back on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Born and Joint, when we are joined by Nashville Sounds play-by-play voice, Jeff Hem on uh, the Parks Murder Sales Hotline. So stick around for that. We've got that. We've got Braves. We've got NASCAR. We'll talk more Titans and Julio with Andrew. Uh, all of that coming up in the next um, hour. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Born and Joint. We will be right back. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I messed up and didn't uh, text Jeff him. And so he probably didn't answer my phone call because he was waiting on a phone call from Coach Mike, who is not in the studio this morning. I hope that he is out uh, out in Oklahoma doing okay, and his mother is still okay. We certainly are hoping for the best for both of them. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I am Chris Yao, joined by Maurice Patton and Andrew Moore, coming to you from the Lee Company studio and the front porch sports headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM. Happy to have you guys with us uh, on this overcast Friday, but... As Ron Jordan said, should be some sun this weekend. So let's let's hope. What do you say? You say we hope. Sun is always good. Sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. Right. Yeah. Uh, who knew? Uh we do not have Jeff right this second. We will get him at some point in this segment. Uh and but we can go ahead and talk a little bit about the sounds because they had a really good night last night. Uh, Yeah. Bounce back from it. Well, once they got started, because I think they were delayed by a little rain. They were, um, got down three to one going into the six scored five unanswered the rest of the way for a six, three victory. Their second straight over visiting Indianapolis. Um, after that four game skit that they were on, they have now won. Back to back. Well, that's good to know. Um, I'll tell you that one of the plays that that kind of got that started was a a pop up to the right fielder that 
ended up falling into the <laughs> into the abyss because the right filter just lost it in the lights, I guess. Uh, so that was interesting, and it uh, I believe it ended up scoring a run because the guy from second took home. Uh, they throw they throw home. Catcher tries to apply the tag. He drops the ball. And uh, the the sound score run there, and we now have Jeff him on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Tell us a little bit about that play, I'm Jeff. I'm betting Jeff called that better than you described. Oh, it. no question. <laughs> hey guys, sorry for the delay there and getting on with you. I apologize for that. Yeah, it was. Uh, there were a couple of crazy plays in last night's game, and we've seen it a couple of times too uh, on this homestand where where Indianapolis outfielders have had a little trouble. I don't know if it's the lights and the the backdrop or, or something, but there've been a couple of times where they've put the arms out looking for help on a, on a fly ball. That's otherwise fairly routine. Uh, and the sounds uh, outfielders had a, a little hiccup at one point last night too, on a ball that two guys went for and bumped into each other. But yeah, the, the play that you're talking about, um, it, it was, yeah, it was a, a really routine fly ball and uh, ends up scoring a, a guy from first, um, without an error involved in that guy scoring, they just—I uh, credit Ned Yost, fourth coach and the third on that play—to try to take uh, Indianapolis by surprise, and uh, they waved in. Uh, it was uh, now I'm blanking on. It. I think it was Jamie Westbrook who scored it. At, yeah, and came around from third, and then the throw had gone to second. So by the time Indianapolis realized they had a play at the plate, they hurried there, but the runner was safe, not by an error, and then the ball gets away and. Runner gets to second base too, so it had a, a I don't know a little a little bit of a little league feel to it, but the result was uh, a good outcome. Joined on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline by Nashville Sounds play-by-play voice Jeff Hem, and Jeff, you know that that little league feel. I mean, sometimes it just happens at even the highest levels, and we saw yeah. that we saw that botched play by the. Pirates against the Cubs a couple of weeks ago with Javi Baez. I mean, sometimes even the best have lapses. There's no doubt. And and Will Craig was the Pirates' first baseman on that play. He has since been designated for assignment and outrighted, and he was actually in the lineup last night <laughs> for Indianapolis. And I talked a little bit about that play. It was not in, intended to, you know, shame Will Craig. It's just, it's to your point, sometimes guys uh, – you know, their their mind just kind of goes blank on something where after the fact, it's obviously easy for everybody to be like, well, why didn't you do this? But, you know, these guys in the moment, uh, sometimes it just it gets away from them. And, and you get a player who's as, as creative uh, and engaging as Javier Baez is, and he, it's sort of like he, uh, you know, he does like a mind trick on you and warps you into making a different decision. That was I remember that play well, seeing the highlights of it and, you know, the reaction is, well, just go step on first, but easier, easier said than done. We don't, it's easy for us to say that, that thing in the situation that, that Will Craig was in on that play, but he is now with Indianapolis. And we, we saw him last night against the sound. It's just, yeah. I mean, you, you know, these guys, they go hard every day for months at a time. So in, in the volume of plays that are going to happen in a season, you're going to see, some odd things at times and whether it's a mental lapse or a physical lapse on, on a fairly easy play, let's not forget that they also make, typically they make the amazing plays that, not, you know, folks like us would dream of trying to make once and they make it look so easy all the time. 
And it's funny how those amazing plays are the ones that you don't have time to think about. It's it's almost a don't think you only hurt the team kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to that with baseball. I think it's you know, you, I think of over the years some guys who are, you know, they're better at third base than they are at second base or something because it's just so reactionary at third base. You don't have time. You know, as soon as you get the ball, you got to let it fly. Sometimes second basemen, they you know, they can overthink it. They have all the time in the world, and then it makes their throws go wild. What was it, Chuck Knobloch back in the day had the yips as a second baseman? I mean, weird things happen in this game at different different positions for different guys. And uh, I think there is something to be said for the plays where you have no time to think it's you're just your physical skill set that takes over. And these guys at AAA and the big leagues are, are so talented that when that happens, they make those amazing plays look so easy. Speaking uh, on the parks motor, so I'm sorry, go ahead. Kind of like that Mookie Betts throw that we saw. Jeez. Jeff, did you see that Mookie Betts throw? Um, I think no, it was yesterday. He is, he's playing right field. He's going to the line on a on a sinking fly ball, catches it with his um obviously with his glove hand. Instead of stopping planting and throwing to the plate, he just spins as after lunging for the ball, spins into his throw and throws a bullet to the plate to get a guy trying to tag up from the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately wow. from the, uh, yeah, the poor pirates, pirates. runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They made another video. <laughs> We're speaking on the parks motor sales hotline with sounds play by play announcer, Jeff Hem. Jeff, a couple of nights ago, um, Aaron Ashby out of the bullpen picks up a two inning victory in which he gave up a two run double. I think it was, um, the only hit that he allowed, but he also walked a couple of guys and got the win. And continuing to talk baseball, it's one of those situations where things just balance out over the course of the season because in his last start last Friday, he strikes out 11 and seven innings, gives up one unearned run, takes the loss. Yeah, and, and that, that outing you referenced out of the bullpen the other night, it's his first outing out of the bullpen and, and a fairly big development, at least in, in the Brewers world. And for the folks, uh, you know, a lot of them who engage with me on Twitter, they're Brewers followers from afar. And they like to cover the, the minor league prospects. And Ashby is certainly in that. And it, it got a good reaction uh, on social media, this move for him to the bullpen, because he is so talented. He is so young. He throws in the mid upper nineties. And uh, I aired a clip on my pregame show from manager Rick Sweet talking about it because I knew I knew the news was coming. And once Ashby was aware of it, we could go public with it, uh, as Rick Sweet had told me earlier in that day. And so we, we talked about it on the pregame show. And, and it, there's a track record here for the Brewers uh, with doing this. They did it with Corbin Burns. Uh, they did it to a degree. You can make a comparison to Josh Hader and Brandon Woodruff, too. All of those guys had time for Rick Sweet at AAA for the Brewers as starters and then at least initially went to the big leagues as relievers. Now, Hader obviously has stayed as a reliever, as a, just a dominant closer, but Burns is now one of the best starters in baseball. And so the, there's, a, there's a track record of the Brewers doing this, and they've decided that in the short term, Aaron Ashby is, is so talented that they see his most immediate way of helping them 
this year in the big leagues in the bullpen. So they wanted to move to the South bullpen. Uh, at least initially, he'll sort of still be treated like a starter in effect because they are telling him which days he'll work out of the bullpen. So we knew he was going to work on Wednesday, and I believe it's Sunday again is the plan for him. And they'll do that for a couple of weeks, and then they'll start to phase that out, and it'll be a little bit more unpredictable when he'll come out of the bullpen. But the Brewers see this as a way to get into the big leagues this year as a reliever uh, and use his electric stuff to get guys out. But they absolutely see him long-term still as a starter. And I don't know how you wouldn't, uh, based on the, the, the potential he's had and the, the outings, like you referenced, the 11 strikeouts in Charlotte last week when he was named the, the pitcher of the week in our league. Um, so it's interesting that, that they're they're making this transition and they think he can help them up there this year in, in the bullpen at some point. There's, I don't know that there's a set timeline on when they would call him up. They're going to give it a little time, give him at least a few weeks, I would imagine, out of the bullpen. Um, but you know, you look at you look at what it what, how it turned out for other guys like a Corbin Burns uh, and Brandon Woodruff, even to a degree, and. Uh, I think it's a, it could be a solid plan for Ashby and, and can still be a starter long-term. I mean, if you think about a, a rotation, say, in 2022 or 23 or whenever, of the Brewers having Woodruff, Burns, Freddie Peralta, and then a young lefty in Ashby who's throwing 96, 97, that's a, that's a pretty good foursome in a rotation, not to mention all the other guys the Brewers would have in the mix. So, it's, it's exciting to think about what Ashby could do. And, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, it's going to take a little while, I think, to get adjusted to the bullpen. Uh, you know, you just don't have the same amount of time to get ready. Even if you know, hey, I'm coming in in the sixth inning, you know, guys get a half hour or so sometimes when they're starting to get out there and go through that pregame routine. Just a different animal in the bullpen. So he's going to learn that. And that's probably why he had a little bit of getting used to in that first inning the other night. But then the second inning, was a one, two, three, and he settled in, and it was the Ashby that we've seen. So it's just a, interesting to watch this play out. He's got so much talent that I don't blame the Brewers for thinking of a way that they can get him to the big leagues in the in the short term. Jeff Ham, the Nashville Sounds play-by-play announcer with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. The Sounds, again, a 6-3 comeback winner over Indianapolis last night. They continue their six-game series tonight and tomorrow night at 6.05 p.m. at First Horizon Park. Finish up with a 2.05 game on Sunday, off Monday, and then six games at Cool Ray Field in Lawrenceville, Georgia, home of the Gwinnett Stripers. Um, Jeff, is this your first trip to Gwinnett? Or have you all already been down there? Okay. Okay. Yeah, it will be, and we play them three times there. We've got a lot of Gwinnett uh, over the, the rest of the season, so... Yeah, first trip there for me next week. Got to like that lime and blue color scheme. <laughs> Do you? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> it's it's definitely different. It, I was just going to say, it is unique. And, uh, you know, I mean, regardless of how you – I sort of like the, the Vols orange. Whether you love it or you don't like it, you can't say it's not unique. And they've got – you know, they they got the – the market kind of cornered on that color, and uh, I guess you could say the same for Gwinnett with the lime. Just off the top of my head, I can't really think of a lot of other teams that have that that color scheme, so it's certainly unique. It's interesting that you mentioned UT and it's orange because Sunday's giveaway is a Sounds UT co-branded apron 
What's that look like? Have you seen it yet? Is it? I have. Yeah. We're so what we're doing with the, a lot of the giveaways this year is breaking them up. You know, instead of one date of two thousand, like you mentioned, we're doing a couple dates of seven fifty or five hundred, and two dates of a thousand to kind of break it up a little bit over the course of the season. It made those plans back when we thought the capacity was going to be more limited, and then and the things opened up. So we've done one date already of the apron giveaway. Uh, and it's it's pretty cool, you know. I've got some Vols uh, fans, uh, there's friends of mine who've, who've uh, been interested in the apron, and it's got it's obviously orange, but then it's got a part of it where it's got the checkered uh, pattern to it. It's got the UT logo on the front, so it's uh, it's co-branded between the sounds and uh, and UT, and it's uh, our great friends at First Horizon are the sponsor on that giveaway. So yeah, we got another one of those coming up on Sunday and it's the second one. So if fans saw it after the fact from the first time they get a, they get a second crack at getting one, or I guess you could go, if you already got a couple, go, go get a couple more and uh, make a whole collection out of it. If you wanted to. Uh, I'm more interested in tonight and tomorrow's uh, promo with the ticket and all you can eat buffet. That's going to be held in the group tent back there. I'm, I'm trying to trying to get in on that $35 ticket and, and food. That's a good value for that. I, I mean, yeah, you ha- you had me at all you can eat, you right? <laughs> and I'm excited for tonight. I, you know, the fireworks because oh, yeah. the, you know it's just such a staple. We've done these for I don't know how many years. The Friday fireworks, and you know, we just recently re-added some more dates back on. Now that we know a little bit more what the picture looks like for the rest of the season on the capacity. Uh, it's just another feeling of normalcy tonight to have a good crowd on a Friday and know that there are fireworks coming up after the game. And, and uh, we came out with a fireworks ticket plan that people can get at NashvilleSounds.com where uh, you get six fireworks dates that have just recently been re-added, including tonight. And then there are six other non-fireworks dates that make up a 12-game ticket plan, but that, that way you get uh, a discounted rate on overall on the tickets by the end of it. And then you get all the different perks of being a season ticket member too. So uh, I'm excited for the post game fireworks because uh, like I said, it's just another feeling of like, okay, this is what we're used to. This is another, this is another thing that's back that, that we had lost for a little while. So uh, looking forward to that tonight. Well, I know we're excited and uh, obviously stopping that skid and then, Getting a couple wins here over the weekend would also be fantastic. So we will be keeping a close eye out on the Nashville Sounds at Nashville Sounds on Twitter at Jeff Hem H E M P B P on Twitter. Jeff, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us on this Friday. We appreciate it, and we uh, look forward to talking to you again. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jeff Hem on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to unfortunately talk about that uh, that thing we made a commitment to talk about, the Atlanta Braves. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. 
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. If the Atlanta Braves are a team you care about, then yes, we're going to cover them. Uh, unfortunately, we care about them too uh, much. More than we should, clearly. Uh, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We are coming to you from the Lee Company studio, which is right here inside Front Porch Sports Headquarters of WKOM 1017 FM and across the world at Front Porch Front Porch Radio TN.com. Mo, I got so excited yesterday. <laughs> Ian Anderson goes seven innings, scoreless ball. Does a, a just fantastic job going toe-to-toe with uh, Zach Wheeler. And Zach Wheeler, who had a dozen strikeouts, went eight innings, I believe. And in the bottom of the eighth, A.J. Minter, uh, just, just a little laps in the bullpen, which is you know something we're used to seeing at this point. Um, that was tough. And then Mo leaves the room and Freddie goes yard to tie it in the ninth. And, uh, I, I, I slammed my hand on the desk cause I was so excited. And he came back and he said, did I hear you slam the desk? Like what happened? <laughs> well, it was a good thing. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. I heard you slam the desk and I didn't know if it was a good thing or, or a bad, bad thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I heard the slam when you said you were so excited. I thought you were talking about the tweet that we saw a few hours later. Oh man. Announcing. Rick Kravitz's resignation as pitching coach. It turned out to be one of those bogus Atlanta Braves Twitter accounts. But um we And that were, made me very sad because yeah, I was ready for that. Yeah, it was kinda like the former Tampa Bay Buccaneers, John McKay's comment about his team's execution. I'm all for it. You know, we that was kinda the way we felt about Rick Kravitz's resignation. <laughs> all for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um Four to three and ten, as we mentioned during the rundown, the Braves got walked off for the second day in a row. Um, John Segura with a two-run double in the tenth um, off of Chris Martin, right? Yeah, and that's the that's what's so awful. It, it's it's it it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, Wednesday night it was. It was Will Smith giving up the two-run game-winning walk-off home run to some rookie that I'd honestly never heard of. Still haven't. Yeah, I mean, it, and after to, and, walking Andrew McCutcheon, 
And up to that point, he had been, what, 11 for 11 in save opportunities? Despite making an ERA that... North of 4.5. Yeah, yeah. So And Chris Martin, who has been... Nails. Fairly well lights out all year long. And here we are. Uh, but, you know, to be fair to Chris Martin, he's not been the closer. Right, no. He's, 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 he's Now, I mean... It shouldn't matter. You would think that the objective is to get out whatever time of the game you're on the bump. You're getting out. I don't know what changes. I've never closed a Major League Baseball game, though, so I don't know. But, you know, Chris in the eighth, in the eighth inning has been fantastic. In the tenth inning, not so not much. Not so much. <laughs> so, that's, you know, that's tough. I, I don't know. And, and – and to be fair, I've I've had my I've I've expressed my issues with Brian Snitker here of late, but I mean it's got to be frustrating on his part because he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter who, who I put in, no matter how good they've been all year long. If we need to win a game, we We're, can't count on you. Any of them? Any of them? Not a one. And you know who's next, right? The guy who's been fantastic all year long, Luke Jackson. We got to throw him out there too at some point. So let him lose one. Because Luke went one two three in the eighth inning, had a fantastic set set us up perfect to get to it. And it's gonna be somebody. I mean, it's got to be Luke Jackson. It's gonna be Shane Green, who has been a closer. Yeah, yeah, an all star closer, as a matter of fact. Yeah, before he got traded to the Braves. <laughs> there you go. Which once again just goes to prove that the resignation never. Uh, mind. It 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 got. Everybody in the room that we were in because it was so believable. It, it it absolutely would not have shocked me to have read it other than it would shock me to read it. Right. And I, I know that sounds really dumb, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, it's absolutely something that you could see taking place. Yeah. And perhaps needs to take place because... As I pointed out to you on on in a DM maybe a couple of weeks ago, Kevin Gossman and the success that he is having in San Francisco, to me, is exhibit A on why Rick Kranitz needs to be gone. Yep. That guy was nails before he got to Atlanta. He's been nails since he left Atlanta. He was putrid in Atlanta. Awful. Drew Smiley-ish. Charlie Morton-esque. What is the common thread? Atlanta. (laughs) And who's working with them in Atlanta? Well, I'm not sure. Is anybody working with them? I would would just assume nobody worked with them. What they're doing is clearly working. Let's just keep that going. Maybe we don't mess with them. Hey, here's an idea. Leave the professional pitcher alone. He's he's been up here for a while. I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, go figure. Uh, it's it's been so brutal to watch because peanut butter no jelly or whatever. <laughs> you know, didn't get any offense uh on Wednesday and still should have But didn't won. really need it. I mean, didn't as it turned it out, the pitching has been fantastic up until the Eighth or ninth innings. Maybe we just got to let the starters go longer. 
at this point, I'm all for complete games. I don't care. Oh, you've only you thrown 96 seven pitches through seven innings. We're going to get you to 120. High school kids are doing it. Can't be no worse. I mean, if if my starter gives up a homer in the ninth versus the right. bullpen after having after throwing a shutout, at least he's got an excuse. Exactly. He was tired. <laughs> Why didn't you go to the bullpen? Well, what was well, going to be different? Well, and do and what? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to ask that question in Atlanta. Here's, here's what we do is uh, we just go ahead and just take all but about three relievers out of the pen just and then just put bats on the ground. Let's just put bats on the, on the bench and pinch hit for everybody. Oh, you're 0 for 2 for today? We're going to throw in a pinch hitter. <laughs> I mean, it's it's insane how weird this has been all year long and – as we were uh, talking with a another Braves fan last night, I just don't know that they're going to turn this thing around. You know, the Braves over the last couple of years, the the twenty nineteen and and the shortened twenty twenty season, they were so good in close and late situations from the seventh inning on. If we were down two or less going the into the seventh became, inning how are we going to win this game not are we going to win or how, it, but who's going to who's going to do it yeah it was you knew somebody was it wasn't how are we going to win it's going it's now it's how are we going to lose oh yeah yeah who's going to who's going to give up the home run that loses the game instead of who's going to hit the home run to, to win, win the it. game yeah and you're exactly right i mean they were over the last couple of years if we were down two runs or fewer going into the seventh inning to anybody's bullpen i didn't care whose bullpen it was i felt like we were going to win the game yep and so let's see if we can get well this weekend in miami the braves take a 29 and 31 record down there the marlins come in at 27 and 35 again this is a 6-10 start it can be seen on Bally Sports South. It can be heard on our sister station, 103.7 FM WKRM. Pre-game begins at 4.55. Charlie Morton getting the start for the Braves comes in at 5-2 and two with a 4-2-1 ERA. Um, is it Izzy Alcantara or am I getting him confused with somebody? Alcantara. Sandy? I think you're right. Um, Alcantara. Gets the ball for the host Marlins three and five with a three three zero. Um, I also don't know how to say his name. I don't know if it's Tara Tara, uh, Tara. I think it's Alcantara. No idea. But yeah, I couldn't tell you. I just know that he usually kicks our tail. That well, dude throws. He's got a three three zero ERA, so he's had well, some hard luck. Getting to that three and five, apparently. I so. would love to see his uh, his stats against the Atlanta Braves because I'm telling you, every time we we play him, we can't score. So I'm not expecting to score tonight. Well, every time we play him, we can't score, and right now we can't score on anybody. So so ten <laughs> so nine Braves tonight. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, it's going to be the weird one. Yeah, this day in Braves history on June eleventh, two thousand two. Following a fifteen inning loss in their first ever regular season game at Minnesota, we spoke a little bit about this one yesterday in this section. 
The Braves answered with an 11-0 route of the host twins, um, keyed by a seven-run fifth inning. It was the Braves' first win at the Metrodome after getting swept there during the 1991 World Series. Tom Glavin, seven innings, three base runners. Hmm. Use a effort like that today. While Andrew Andrew Jones and Vinny Castilla hit back-to-back home runs, the first time in eight years for the Braves during that seven-run rally. So wild. Andrew, didn't you say that there was a uh, uh, some kind? Of, what was on your your memories? Uh, it popped up on Facebook during one of the breaks uh, two years ago against the Pirates, where they had the four back to back to back to back home runs against the Pirates. Uh, McCann. Uh, I remember Robbies, it. Yeah, but how long ago? That was just like two, two years, two years ago. ago. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Does it not feel like two years ago? <laughs> it feels like ten. Feels like ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said McCann. I'm thinking oh <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not nineteen. Yeah. Wow. Oh uh, yeah. That's uh. Yeah, those were good times. Great oldies right there. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of breaking and coming back to talk about Julio, let's go ahead and just do it now. Uh, so, Andrew, I know that you are probably the most excited that, that you have been for a Titans uh, regular season start we were talking about how exciting we were and how ready we were for this season to just go ahead and get yeah. started and then yesterday we find out the titans opened the preseason in atlanta in atlanta yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fun huh it's gonna be fun uh, i seriously doubt julio plays one series maybe you think he starts yeah, maybe the first first series just i think to, i think yeah. he starts plays one series and, and is in street clothes before halftime yeah absolutely <laughs> No, it's, it's. I, I think. I think, particularly in Atlanta. Yeah, I think he plays. Yeah, and what and do you I think, think they try to get him a ball, or or two or three? Yeah, maybe what? every everything or every every pass on yeah. that drive is going to go to Julio just to, yeah. just to prove a point. Yeah. Well, know? will it be proving a point? Will Will the fans in Atlanta be uh, gracious to Julio? Will they be upset with Julio? No, I think they'll be gracious to Julio. Yeah, I, think, I mean, there, I don't think there's any reason to be upset. Anything yeah. other than, yeah, yeah, I think they'll be gracious. I think they, I think they have an appreciation for what he did yeah. while he was there. Well, then he's got to start because when you're, you you introduce the starting lineups, you're going to introduce Julio. Oh, Jones, absolutely. Right? They're going to have a video package for him. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, so. I, I think the Falcons will do right by him. I think because so too. he, I, th- I think he certainly did right I by think, them. I was going to say, know? I think. This trade proves that they mm. want to do right by Julio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, I gave you, but, I gave you all I had for the prime of my career. Give me just a little bit on the back end to do what I want to do. And I, I think that front office. I think Arthur Blank. I think they are those type people. I, I, think, I agree. I, and and so yeah, I, I, I don't think it will be an adversarial situation when he goes in there. And probably it being a preseason game maybe helps that a little bit, but still, sure. you know, I, I I look forward to that. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the fans and how the franchise react to him there. Andrew, were you surprised with the what uh, Tennessee had to give up to get him? Um, the second and four, but get the is it the get the six sixth back. <sighs> Not really. 
um, mainly because of his age. And then when sure. we we just saw DeAndre Hopkins last year get traded for a second round pick and a well, that's because back. Bill O'Brien's an idiot. That's <laughs> why he's <laughs> unemployed. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Or he's employed by Nick Saban, I guess, isn't he? Someone that's a lot smarter than him, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, that wouldn't take much. Um, I'm, no, I wasn't really shocked. Um, what I'm shocked and confused about is the the opinions of all these fans that say, well, Julio's Julio's done because he missed, what, like, Seven games last year with a hamstring, which he could have played on. But why would you risk further injury and a longer rehab time for a team that wasn't going, wasn't to the going anywhere? And doesn't really have a had future. already fired their coach yes. midseason. So what, what's the point? Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm really excited. This is potentially going to be not only one of the best offenses in Titans history, <laughs> but potentially one of the best offenses again. In the league, top three. I mean, there's it's. This is going to to give defensive coordinators problems. For now, seventeen games instead of sixteen, <laughs> which right. is amazing. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna drop a safety down and stop Derrick Henry. Are you gonna double cover Julio and let AJ eat, or vice versa? Are you gonna try to put all your coverage on both of them and let like Farks or Josh Reynolds or Derek Henry or run Derek up the Henry. middle. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> this is a, it, the only bad thing about it is that there's not going to be enough balls to go around to everybody, which is still a good thing. I think, I think that's okay. And I think as witnessed by the way, AJ Brown lobbied to get mm-hmm. Julio in here. Yep. I think everybody's willing to take fewer balls yeah, we'll give up some balls for a ring. Yep. Uh, if there, if there's that's a, not exactly what Vrabel said. It was the other. <laughs> Never mind. No. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, we're going there. No, you're not. It's no. a good time for a break. Oh. <laughs> it was something like that. I don't no, know. No, it's, it's going to be an exciting year. And. It's, it is going it's, it's to be, going to be on the defense again this well, year, so we'll see. I am uh, – we're talking about all this and how, you know, how great the skill players are, but we all know football games are one where – Up front. Can this offensive line protect Tannehill long enough to get the ball to Julio and Tannehill? Can – they open holes for Derrick Henry because we know that he has to run at least seven yards before he gets to his his gear. So the the seven yards from from where he lines up to the line of scrimmage has to be untouched. Now, if he goes untouched, but before before he when he gets to the line of scrimmage, it's on. But that said, he's certainly putting in the work as witnessed by that fifty four inch box jump that they ridiculous. put out on. Oh. Oh my gosh! Six three two forty seven. No, there's there's no way. But then you see it, and it, I mean, it just blows your mind every time he does something like that. And he's always doing. And he's something doing like it that. all the time. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. the wild thing. I mean, it's it's all gonna depend on the on that on that line. And they are and they are returning four out of the five, which is important. You get Lawan back from injury. Uh, you keep well, Saffold. Who's see how important that is? Well, we'll see. No, he's he he is important. Um, I just really wish he would shut up and play. 
he, he's gotten better as he's gotten older. He has but, gotten better. But, he, but, goodness, he, but he, is a, he is a character. And I don't know if there's much we can do to get him to completely, you know, shut his mouth. And I mean, he's still going to pound beers at, at Preds games. So <laughs> it is what it is. You know. All right, let's take a break. We're going to... Uh, we're going to talk NASCAR on the other side of it with uh, Chicken Man, so stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, intern one, Andrew Moore in the house with you on this Friday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, we come to you live from the Lee Company studio and from the front porch sports headquarters in the front studio of WKOM 1017 FM right here on West 7th in Columbia, Tennessee. Happy to have you guys with us on Facebook, on Twitter. If you missed any part of today's show, it will be on the on the podcast, sm-tnsports.com. There's a podcast tab there. Go there. You can download the podcast. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcast on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, uh, just about anywhere. It's uh, Google. It's it's all there. So uh, make sure to to download the podcast, subscribe today, give us five stars, and uh, leave us a message. Let us know. Uh, we'd appreciate that. Now, as we do every Friday at this time, we talk to the chicken man. Terry Wilcox is joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Terry, That's right. welcome in. Hey, thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Looking forward to uh, a great weekend of uh, NASCAR. Truck to Infinity will be off tomorrow starting at, and we'll be on 101.7 starting at 11.30. Their races are back-to-back. And then Sunday, the All-Star Race from Texas. Uh, I'll have a, my pre-race show at 3.30, and then uh, I believe it's 4 o'clock, top of the hour. Uh, we will join the broadcast for the uh, All-Star Race. And uh, this is the 37th All-Star Race, and this is the fourth different venue it's held in, Chris. You know what the other what the other three were? Yep. Other two before Charlotte. Uh, the other two before Charlotte. No, Charlotte was the first. Charlotte one. was the first, then Bristol. No, Bristol was last, last year. year. I don't know where but, it was before that, or the it, other than that. Eighty-five was Charlotte. Then eighty-six, they went moved it to Atlanta for one year. Oh, Atlanta. Back to Charlotte for the next thirty-three, and then you're right, Bristol last year and Texas this year, and I hope they move it around. I tell you, a great venue for it, probably in two years, would be Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. Don't you agree? 
I absolutely agree that there's a lot of things that need to be done, including Speedway Motorsports Incorporated taking over that uh, venue because it is uh, it is certainly, um, let's just say, in dire need of new management. Absolutely, and they're they've committed to a sixty million dollars of their own in order to. Uh, hang on a second. Okay, I'll get rid of that beep. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> our buddy Daniel, trying to call me, but hang on a second. Get out of there, Daniel. Okay, <laughs> here we go. I got you back. <laughs> I don't know what Daniel was bugging me about, but I'll call him later. Uh, anyways, yeah, and now uh, there's 22 drivers entered in the um, the all the open tomorrow, which is run prior to the uh, race. Uh, the, the, this in three segments. The first uh, the three drivers that win each segment, if you will advances to start 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then whoever the most popular driver vote is who did not get in already will start 21st. And there's 17 drivers already started. Uh, and the race itself is in six different segments, if you will, 100 laps total. Uh, the, the first uh, four runs 15 laps, and there's some inversion going on after, they, after the end, like the first uh, 15 laps, they invert the field. Second time, they do a random draw. The third one, they invert the field again. And the fourth one, another random draw from 8 to 12. And then uh, go, at the very, the, whoever wins the fifth segment uh, gets a start on the pole for the sixth, for the last 10-lap uh, shootout. It's going to be exciting. And that'll explain all that. It's too much complicated. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's a lot. I don't even know what you just said. Something. And I was told there would be no physics and math. Yeah, I, there was something about yeah. inverting and and yeah, it's calculus. Now you're getting in there now. So. Yeah. But yeah. You know, what they do is like, like I said, they run the first 15 laps, and there'll be there's 20. There will be uh, 21 drivers in the field. So whoever finishes first. In the first segment, we'll finish start. We'll start last in the second segment, and that's when they do a full inversion. That's completely what they do. They flip flop. Whoever finishes last will start first, and then the second time they will invert only up to twelve. It'll be a, they'll draw a number from eight to twelve, and they'll just invert the top eight or twelve, whatever comes up. Then a full inversion, then another random, and then at, and here's the real complicated one. After the end of the fourth segment, they will take all the drivers, their cumulative finishing position. So if somebody finished first in all four, they would have a one. And and it, that's how they will start the fifth segment. <laughs> Isn't this crazy? But, yeah, it, it's you got to know, man, we need Professor Irwin Corey on this. Right, Mo? Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'll get a professor from Columbia State to help us out. But anyways, what I would say was forget all that nonsense. Just enjoy the race. Just watch it and enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, as they they prepare for Nashville. Yeah, and anybody can win. That's the big thing. It don't matter. Like Kyle Larson starts on the pole for the first uh, 15 laps, but that means nothing because you got six segments to get to. And with the inversions and, you know, all this and cross your T's and dot your I's and all that going on, anything can happen. But it'll be a fun race. There's uh, there's no points involved. It's just strictly for the, the million dollars. And uh, 
the, the person who has won the most all-star races, would you, would you have a, a guess on that, Mo, or Chris? Chris might. <laughs> the, the most That's all-star races? Uh, who is, Dale one Jr.? Person has won, Bill one person has won, no, one person has won it four times, Jimmy Johnson. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah Jimmy Johnson's won it four times, so. Now Mike Lyles is trying to beep in. What's hey, wrong with these people? I'm telling you, they just don't realize You're just that popular, this bro. is this is this is our this is our time. Okay, this is our chicken man time. They can wait. That's right. Uh, Mike should know better. <laughs> Mike does know better, but he's also you know dealing with his mom. So who knows? Uh, I'll call him when I'm done. Uh, get so ready. My, my guess, my guess, my pick for the race. Uh, got it. For some reason, Austin Dillon's name keeps popping up. Uh, he's he's won at Texas. He runs well there. The Chevys have been dominant. Uh, obviously, the Hendrick Chevys. But just with all the stuff that's going on, the inversions and minus, you know, carry across your T's and dot, whatever, all that, I'm going to just go on a limb and say Austin Dillon gets it done. All right. There you go. Austin Dillon, the chicken man's pick for pick to click. That's, <laughs> that's, right. And, and like I say, said, we'll be in Nashville next week. I'll be out the track. Uh, we'll be carrying all the races on 101.7 starting Friday night with the truck, uh, Xfinity Saturday afternoon and the cup race on Sunday. You can tune in. I will not have a uh, my show on Sunday because I'm going to be You'll working be at the time. So I'm going to be there from Wednesday on, hanging out in the campgrounds, enjoying some, some steaks and some chicken and maybe some adult beverages. You never know. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not, I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. Root beer. I'm talking root beer. But anyways, of course, uh, we'll have. But it, it'll be fun, and um, I look forward to it. And I look forward to the, the races this weekend. And don't forget to tune into 103.7 uh, for uh, next weekend on Saturday. We're going to have the uh, uh, 12-year-old All Stars from Spring Hill. Oh. So, uh, starting at two o'clock, Lou will be on that call. The 12-year-old Spring Hill All Stars going to be. A yeah, lot I mean, of fun they're, too. they'll be playing in Spring Hill, but. They, uh, the first game is at 2 o'clock. I just got the schedule for next Saturday. I'll be in Nashville, but uh, Lou will be on the call as always, and he, he's awesome to listen to. I'm glad you got the schedule. <laughs> it's yeah. coming. It's Absolutely. Coming. They, they finalized it last night, as a matter of fact. So all the All-Stars are getting ready, Columbia American Little League, Spring Hill apparently. So going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Terry, before we get out of here, we got to get Absolutely. silly with T. Willie, man. Uh, what do you call James Bond taking a bath? Uh, bath bond. Bubble 07. Bubble 07. That's good. That's good. Y'all give it up for my man. See, Willie. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. T- uh, Terry Wilcox on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with us. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Great show as always. Thanks. All right, Mo. Um, you got to put your headset back on. It's very important because, you know, we're not done yet. We got. I don't know. We got just a. We got just a few minutes to tell you we, about. We, we need to be done after Bubble O Seven. Yeah, uh, SM TN Sports at SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today on WKOM one zero one seven FM and Front Porch Sports. Uh, hope you guys have a great Saturday and Sunday for Maurice Patton and intern one Andrew Moore. I'm Chris Yao saying uh have a great day and um ladies and gentlemen the weekend (laughs) 